one of my favorites. I haven't made it in like years though. This is just a, a BLT pita pizza? Yep. Okay. It is a whole wheat pita, uh, Roma tomatoes, romaine lettuce. I was looking for center cut bacon because it's a little less fatty. And um, so it's bacon cheese. And then there's like a mayonnaise seasoning mixture on the bottom. Sounds good to me. You want a fork and knife for it? Yeah, I'll do that. Um, we're here with Alyssa Zukowski from whatismyhealth.com with the next installment of our Health on a Whim podcast. She is the author. Well, you could. I write the blog, <laughs> Chef Orky's Kitchen. Um Orky, I know, is a weird name. Everyone thinks it's related to the whale orca. It's not. My brother just used to call me Orkdorksa. Um, so I write about everything I love to cook, and I'm really into making healthy substitutions and trying new stuff and getting out there culturally. It would make sense at some point to talk about cooking, since oh, yeah. your blog since your blog is about cooking. Oh, yeah. You've talked about budget, like some stuff with the budgeting for, of, for food. Which article was it? The coffee, the cold brew one, right? Yeah. Where you talked about. And the and even the home delivery meal kits. You talked about like how much it costs. Whenever you cancel, they give you all these deals to come back to them. Oh. So I've been saving a lot of money doing those. You know, I feel like that's similar to Sirius satellite radio. Whenever like your subscription runs out, they're like, oh, would you like to renew? And you're like, nah. I'm good. And, and then, then like a the week discount. later, they're like, would you like $25 for six months? And I was like, sure. I guess so. When normally it's like $18 for one, then yeah, yeah I'll take absolutely. that. Absolutely. I just switched over to, I've been doing HelloFresh for about, I want to say like a couple months now. I've been using those mostly um, because they do have the fit option. But then I got tired of quinoa and couscous with every meal. So I just switched over to Home Chef. And I have some Baja fish cakes to make tonight. Nice. Which I'm very excited about. And it's a little cheaper than HelloFresh, too. But it's nice to have um, just to go grocery shopping for the basics. Like, I went out for milk today, and that was it. Yeah. When I started doing all this, it was just to try it once. And most of them came to about, like, $29, $30. And then Blue Apron and Home Chef are both $59.99 or something like that. $59 something. Um per week. week okay and then HelloFresh is 69 and I don't have to think about what I'm cooking I don't have to buy all the separate ingredients which does add up right if you don't have them already I mean I definitely have quite the spice cabinet and that's three meals a day for seven days they give you or no, no, no. no it's two meals I'm sorry three meals for the week but it's enough to feed two people each so like the Baja fish cakes that I'm making tonight. It's one of three meals that they gave me. And I'm going to have it tonight for dinner and for lunch tomorrow. So if you ate, if you didn't have any leftovers, how many meals would you get out of those boxes in a week? I always have leftovers. Do you prepare it once a week or do you prepare it each night? My next door neighbor does once a week. Okay. Um, he prepares everything on Sunday. So it's ready to go, take to lunch, um, make for dinner. Okay. Whereas I usually make it just the night of. Okay. Um, sometimes I've done it where I've made two meals in one night just to get it out of the way. Sure. And I mean, I like I like doing them because I get 
I get this cultural experience too. I like doing cultural cooking. Mm-hmm. I I mean, if you look at those uh, cookbooks behind you, I have Asian in there. I have all sorts of stuff. I have Korean, I think, stir fries, all different things. Disney's Food and Wine Festival, which is places around the world. Are those all cookbooks in there? Yeah. And then I have another shelf in my living room of cookbooks. So how many cookbooks do you, would you say you have? Too many. Um, I'm going to say close to probably about 50. Wow. And I've given quite a bunch away. Um, yeah. So it's a popular gift for me as well. Oh. <laughs> um, before I got into Pinterest and realized that I could take all the recipes from there and pin them on a board, I just had flags on everything. And I'd take one of those out, and I did cook my way through one of them. Um, the Taste of Home Comfort Food Diet. I use that religiously. Is that where you got the cottage mac and cheese from? Mm-hmm. That's what this is from, too, actually, the BLT pizza. This is so straightforward, too. It's a toasted pita, bacon, little mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato. Mm-hmm. And then the mayonnaise, there's um, basil, onion powder, and garlic powder. Okay, so seasoning. And an old cheese. Not bad. So easy. Very easy. It took me, what, 10 minutes to make it? Just about. I feel like that's a misconception people have about cooking, too, is, like, that cooking has to be, you have to have a certain amount of skill to cook, you have to have a certain amount of... Time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Cooking can definitely be time-consuming, but there are ways to do it that are budget-friendly, time, like, time-friendly, and... Easy. Mm-hmm. I actually found um, today I was cleaning, and before I started cleaning, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make something to put in the oven so I have something cooking while I'm doing something else. So mm-hmm. by the time I finish cleaning, I'll have a meal made. Okay. And I, it really took me five minutes to put together. It was 30 minutes in the oven, but I was able to do so much while, quote-unquote, cooking. Yeah. Like So you're able to multitask, too. You know what else is really good for that? Um, I love, and I, I don't use it that often, but every time every time I do make a recipe in the slow cooker, a slow cooker, I forget how awesome it is mm-hmm. until I use it, and I'm like, oh, that's right, I should I should use the slow cooker all the time, because you literally just throw your ingredients in, and, then, and then just walk away, and then when you come home, your place smells fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you have a you have a hot meal waiting for you. And usually it's enough to eat the entire week. Basically, yeah, basically, because you're not gonna put a tiny portion in a even if you have a small slow cooker, it's gonna give you. I have you a, a small few. one and a big one. Do you really? Yep, I'm a little nuts. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's awesome. Then you can make two things. You can make like a side in the small one and like a. I actually, um, the last person I dated was the pickiest eater ever, mm. so I got the small one so that I can make a portion of chili for him okay. that had absolutely nothing in it other than ground beef and a couple spices, Okay. and then I used my slow cooker, the original one I had, to make chili with like pumpkin in it mm. or um, you know, peppers, onions, you name it, it all went in. So I originally got it because there was a picky eater in the house, but See, I now I- just use it for multiple meals i historically have been the picky eater in the house Mm -hmm. like when i lived with my family before i moved out 
I like they they all love fish. I'm now just starting to introduce you know what, fish. That's one thing though that like a lot of people, either you love it or you don't. Yes. A lot of people. That's true. Okay, so maybe maybe fish is not the best example, but even like certain vegetables, like I I won't eat some types of like refried beans. Like the only types of beans you won't eat refried beans. Uh, I have. How, how have you eaten them though? Because I think that makes a big difference too, is how they're prepared. The most recently that I've had them, I had them in a bean dip, and like those, a seven layer dip. Yeah, oh, yeah, so good. And that that I liked, but the thing for me is I don't like the texture of it, and the Could flavor the flavor itself is not my favorite. But if it's mixed in well enough, I and I can't detect it, then I'm alright with it. It's mostly the texture because it's got See, that. Like, I that... used it recently making a Mexican lasagna, mm. and that like made it. Okay. It was like mixed in with um, seasoned ground chicken. It was so good, and I've never used refried beans at all. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It might might be worth a shot trying it in a different way. It's one of those things that I know had like I know there are health benefits to these different things, but I I don't eat them because I don't like the way they look, the way they like honestly. Cottage cheese. Yes. I yes. thought it was the most disgusting <laughs> looking thing I've ever seen in my life. It was sitting in a tub in my dining hall, mm -hmm. and it would jiggle if you bumped into the counter. Yeah. And I just couldn't get past the tech, the way it looked, the texture, the everything about it. And I mean, now that I've actually given it a chance, and the cookbooks, the Taste of Home Comfort Food Diet uses it a lot. Instead of like ricotta cheese, they'll use that. Okay. Um, instead of well, a lot of a lot of cheeses and dairy, they use that instead. Okay. But just because it's such a healthier option. It's... And so I finally tried it with that macaroni and cheese recipe and couldn't believe it was actually good. Yeah. How did that, like, how did that compare to your traditional, like, non-cottage cheese macaroni and cheese? Like, I could mean, you it's tell? it's definitely different. There's a different consistency to mm -hmm. it, but, I mean, it still has really great flavor. Okay. Um, and I'm also not that picky about texture, so it, it okay. doesn't bother me. But you can tell that it's a different... It's not like straight creamy. There are little chunks of cottage cheese in it. Okay. But it is so cheesy and flavorful that it's good in my book. That's the only macaroni and cheese I make at this point. Okay. Because I know like when I think of it, when I think of a, a good mac and cheese, I think creamy, gooey cheese. And that's really about it. Like I don't, I'm not a big fan of putting things into, like I'll eat it with bacon. I like mac and cheese with bacon or jalapenos. I've had it like that before. And I like if you bake mac and cheese with breadcrumbs on you top. You have to have breadcrumbs on Love top. Love that. You have to. But in terms of like the inside, like, you know, the real, if you get a good scoop of mac and cheese, like I, I think of it as being creamy and like having that gooey consistency. So this one's not like as soupy, like it's a lot thicker. Okay. Um, It's probably not like I know the creaminess you're talking about. There's a certain um, like there's a certain amount that's there's too liquidy and then there's like too thick where like you it's like almost pasty, and then there's that right like the, that area in between where it's yeah. just right. I mean it's it's definitely different. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of one of the things I love about it is that it isn't a traditional macaroni and cheese and it still tastes great. Yeah. But it does have a slightly different consistency. <laughs> do you still feel like like when you're eating it you know how sometimes if you have a substitute for something and they're like oh it tastes just like the real thing and then you eat it and you're like no this tastes nothing like what it's supposed to be it's definitely <clears throat> a macaroni and cheese okay 
It's just a, di- a different style of macaroni and cheese, which if you go to different restaurants, you're going to get a different kind of macaroni and cheese at each one. Right. I was just so, going to say, so many places do it so many different ways now. It's Oh, yeah. <clears throat> to get two of the same is going to be hard to do in itself. Yeah. But... And like this one, you don't you don't make a roux um, mm. to make it, which most macaroni and cheeses you do, which is equal parts of flour and oil or flour and lard or flour and something fatty, butter. And butter. Um, and since I'm super health conscious, I don't use a roux. And this recipe avoids it as well because it really? has so many different things in it that are just healthier. Okay. Um, they don't use a roux in it. So I think that might be what makes the difference as well. That's what gives you that creaminess in macaroni and cheese. I There's, there's a place outside of Cleveland in Ohio. There's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame out there. There's uh, a really cool science museum. I like to go because I'm trying to see a baseball game in every stadium. So like when I went, I, I went for to see an Indians game. That's a really cool goal to have. Um, but we went like my family went to Cleveland in 2010, and while we were out there, you know, we were looking up places to eat, and my sister suggested she's like, why don't we do like a diners, drive-ins, and dives? Like, is we'll it to... Melt? Are you talking no. about Melt? No, no, it's not Melt. It's called Lucky's. Their mac and cheese. I have to say that's the best macaroni and cheese I've ever had. Really? It, yeah, the best non-homemade, and, and definitely top three between homemade or non-homemade. I went to Chicago a couple of years ago. We were on a road trip, and we made Didn't a point. Love Chicago. I still, oh, that always, I, know, I love I, Chicago so much. I, I was know you talking said you to you on my road trip, and you were mentioning all these different places to go, so we did follow a lot of the things that you told us to do. Um, yeah, the only good thing I had there was the deep dish pizza, which I will say was great. The deep dish is very good. I mean, good I do love New York pizza, so I'm not going to go against that. But yeah. I don't even see how you can compare them because you they're can't. two different That's things. The thing. I, I, I think... One is an actual pie, and one is thin. You can't compare them. They're not the same. If you I... want to compare two thin slices, go ahead. Sure. I don't see the the need for I don't know understand why people have to say well this one's terrible or this one like if it's a good if it's a good pizza I can appreciate good pizza no matter what if it's New York style pizza or Chicago deep dish pizza if it's a good recipe the sauce yeah. the cheese everything comes together well it's a good pizza I, what am I gonna complain yeah. about we actually um my boyfriend and I were in West Palm Beach and we were taken to breakfast to a bagel place and people are like that with their bagels yeah like. Oh, well, New York has the best bagels. You have to go to this place. My place is better than yours, and you have to try this place. I feel, you know, it's funny, too. Like, it's like that with food, definitely. People have places they swear by. People are like that with... So many things. Think about cars, right? Like, people are so particular about whatever it is that they have good experiences with. I'm like that with my bagels in particular. But everyone at home would have the same... The same debate over which was the bagel place. I'm curious though, like, what do you think it is that makes people so attached to whether it's a bagel place, a pizza place, a type of car? Like, doctors, people, oh, you, like, if you say, oh, I've been having a problem with my back, I've been having a problem. Go to acupuncture. Oh, you gotta go. Exactly. What do you think it is that makes people so attached to these different things? I guess it's, it's, the experience that goes along with it that just has that emotional connection for you. Like, I refuse to go to acupuncture. Perfect example. My mom swore by it. My dad swore by it. And I have a herniated disc in my back, which would send shooting 
pain down my legs. My legs go numb. Um, I was getting epidurals for it. I was getting um, shots in my back. And all the things that they were injecting into me were probably horrible for my body. But it it kept me moving. So that's all I cared about. Right. But um, once I had my epidural go wrong, I tried the chiropractor and I just loved the people there. They made me feel so welcomed that I kept going. But then I realized I just wanted my back cracked all the time. And I just, it <laughs> yeah. became like an addiction. Like I didn't even need it for my back. I just wanted it cracked all the time. Yeah. So I broke up with them. It was one of the hardest breakups I've ever had to deal with. Um, the chiropractor. Yeah. And then they called me saying they had an acupuncturist. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's time I tried it. Okay. Very skeptical. But um, once I tried it, it, it was just that connection with this woman. Like she was so friendly and welcoming and just made me feel like this, so hopeful. Like this was a cure that something natural that can actually fix me. Right. Like a temporary fix, obviously. It's not permanent. But, right. you know, she just had this incredible personality that kind of got me suckered in yeah and after my third time i was like oh my god i have no shooting pains i feel like a totally new person it's just one of those <clears> things that like i went to her after a breakup and she did a full trauma needling on me and you walk out of there you're like wow i feel so great really like you feel so relaxed and just i don't even know my dad goes for stress now my mom has fibromyalgia she goes for that so yeah. it's one of those things for so many different ailments and just seeing the way it is with my mom and my dad and myself and having lived it right I always recommend it to people like it's that personal connection you said you went in originally being skeptical of acupuncture oh yeah then you you know you obviously changed your mind do you think that having that lowered expectation made your experience that much better like going in thinking like you know what I don't like acupuncture but you know what I'll give it a try and then actually seeing the results do you think that made it that much more enjoyable it's, for you like it's very possible i mean af after my first session i wasn't feeling a hundred percent like i felt a little different mm -hmm. um and she said you know to get you back to where you normally are it's gonna take a few sessions and then we can do it less frequently so at this point i'm going like once every five months oh but um when i first went in and i was just so skeptical and she knew i was skeptical like, just seeing the results, I remember after my third session, I messaged her and was like, it was just such a uplifting thing to know that this was actually working. I don't know. Maybe it is that my expectations were so low. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking, if you go into something with an expectation that you want to like it well, or... Well, I didn't want that whole placebo effect right. thing. So that's kind of why I was so skeptical. Like, Had you tried it before... No. You'd never tried it nope. before. So it's not like you had a bad experience, decided you didn't like it, and then gave it a second try. You. It was just one of those things that it sounds like goofy medicine. Yeah. doesn't sound like it's real stuff. How can poking me with a needle end up fixing my back? Yeah. When clearly it's just I have a disc in my back that's moved. How are they going to fix that by poking me with a needle? Right. I didn't think that just a little pinprick could fix it. It just sounds goofy. I think it's a cultural thing, too, because I know, like, obviously acupuncture is one of, like, an Eastern style of, of uh, medication. Yeah. Like, it's a holistic treatment, and it's been around for thousands of years. And the difference between, like, the treatments we have in traditional, like, Western medicine, they're so different. Let's immediately jump to antibiotics or yeah. antidepressants or 
whatever meds they are mm -hmm. painkillers it's, it's very medication based whereas there's a lot, <clears throat> like your herbal remedies like a lot of that stuff comes from like eastern medicine let, let me tell you i've had several instances i'm sick all the time like that's kind of my thing is just being sick as you know yeah. i had the flu twice this year the first time was for three weeks and then the second time was just a few days but um they prescribed me medicine that made me feel worse i get a swollen um lymph node frequently and I went to the doctor for that because I couldn't swallow. I had such bad throat pain. And I went to several different doctors. And they all just said, take Tylenol, take ibuprofen, you'll be fine. But I couldn't eat. So that's when I decided to take this into my own hands. Yeah. I googled natural remedies. I found that garlic has like an antibiotic property. Yes. Raw garlic, not cooked garlic. Raw garlic has a lot of Antioxidants? Natural. That's it. Yes. yes. Garlic has antioxidant properties that protect against cell damage and aging yeah it has a lot of a lot of crazy amounts benefits. of health benefits yeah my sister had uh plantar warts and i actually had them too the options were to go to a podiatrist you know and get treatments yeah. and have them do like the laser whatever they like froze the, they could freeze it and then like extract the plantar warts or garlic she when she would go to bed she would put garlic on her foot she'd you know bandage it up and just leave it on the plantar wart and over time whatever interaction the garlic had with her foot the warts extracted themselves basically wow. and it sounds so it sounds kind of disgusting but like yeah i'm not saying that's going to work for everybody i'm not saying go put garlic on your feet but it worked for yeah. her and i think it's cool to open your mind up to alternatives whether or not you swear by them or never use or only try yeah. them once i probably could have saved myself time money and a significant amount of pain because they had to like i went and i got the injection because i, I you just wanted it done with yeah and looking back it was it was sticking a needle into the bottom of your foot it is not not a pleasant nice. experience <laughs> I, and I, I i thought you know how you think like oh i know i, I can anticipate what this is going to feel like and you prepare for it, or you yeah. think you're prepared for it, and then it is not what you thought it felt, oh, would yeah. feel like at all. Oh, that yeah. is what happened. I was like, okay, fine. He's going to inject it. Feet gonna... are really sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> I've had surgery on my feet. I have tattoos on my feet. Mm -hmm. I've had everything with my feet. And they are the most sensitive part of the body, if you ask me. Yeah. yeah. But uh, So I was like, oh, this will be fine. I did not know what that was <laughs> going to feel like. And I kicked. Like, I, I was ready not to kick. He's like, don't move. And I was like, I got you. He As soon as the needle hit my foot... Boom, my, my, I kicked, just like oh knee-jerk reaction. He's like, well, we're going to have to do that again. I was like, oh, my God. Can I back out now? Like, I do, oh, that was horrible. Can I go home and put garlic yeah. on my foot? <laughs> Honestly, and, and if I ever had that, if I was ever in that situation again, I might still be a little apprehensive about putting garlic on my feet. I would probably try it. Whether or not it would work for me, I, don't, I can't say. But it's worth thinking about. Yeah. When I took the garlic for my swollen lymph node, I blended up garlic and carrots and something else into like a smoothie. Mm. Um, oh, I added ginger, turmeric, and maybe like a little lemon juice. And I think that might have been it. And those all have like natural healing properties and okay. anti-inflammatories. And, and the next day I woke up 100% better, all from natural stuff. Wow. The ibuprofen did nothing. <laughs> I feel like like you'll see ads online or wherever about 
oh, do this and you'll never have this problem again. And yeah. it's like... Well, it can't, it can't be never no. again. When they taught you how to navigate a multiple choice test, they always told you, be careful of anything that says always and be careful oh, yeah. of anything that says never. Yeah. Because that's such an absolute thing. So when I see these ads <clears throat> for like, oh, never have this problem again, you can't guarantee yeah. that. I feel like it's easy to see those kinds of things and want that like quick fix. But I also think that there's a lot of things out there that don't work. It's like with um, diets in general. Exactly. Um, I think that's the biggest culprit is the word diet um, has now become just a, a fad thing. Yes. Um, and I have friends that um, have tried so many different things and I've tried a few different things as well. But I have friends that have tried something to speed up their metabolism. I, I know people that have tried pills that have tried, you know, this program and that program and in the end, they always end up gaining it back. Right. Um, you know, the shake diet and all these things, they can be great if you're, if you're using it correctly. Right. Um, you can't drink shakes the rest of your life. That's... You just can't. I, first of all, I'm a chewer. I don't know about you, but I need to chew my meals. I can't oh, yeah. drink my meals. Oh, yeah. And anytime... If I'm I'll... drinking a meal, guess what? I need to eat something after. <laughs> I could take a, a cup, like a smoothie cup. That I would put, like, blend, like I have the magic bullet or whatever. love the magic bullet. Right? It's a great thing. If I was to fill that <laughs> cup and and blend it and drink it versus eating it, the I might not be full from eating it, but I am not full at all after I drink that kind of stuff. Like right. I, I smoothies, and maybe this is me just having, like, a like my stomach doesn't have an off switch, but when I, when I drink a smoothie, very often I am not full. I, no. I'm the same way. Like, I need to eat I think that, stuff. I think it's also, like, a psychological thing. Like, chewing things makes me feel like I am filling myself. Mm. And it also takes more time to eat it. Yes. But also, I do Weight Watchers, and a banana is zero points. Like, it's one of those great things. I have a whole thing up there just to, whenever I need a snack, banana, fruit, anything. Right. But if you, the second you put in a smoothie and blend it, it suddenly becomes a lot of points. Because really? it takes, it gets rid of by blending it, all that fiber is broken down, so your body doesn't digest it the same way. So part of the good thing about eating fruit is your body does need to digest that fiber and work extra hard. That makes but sense. But if you blend it, it doesn't have the same effect. So I actually stay away from smoothies. But yeah. um, that's the thing though, is like with all these diets, is it might work for one person, and as a temporary thing to start yourself in the right direction, sure. Yes. But most of them aren't full lifestyle changes. I think there are elements of these diets, like, um, without going into, like, specific details. Like, I know there's the 21-day there's the diet. And it's it's based basically on portion control. Yeah. And the element of, like, the portion control element of that diet, I think, is awesome and valuable to do it for only 21 days. Like, I, I think it overlooks the importance of portion control in general throughout the course of your life. I think, in general, all of America needs help with portion control. I think it's I think it's a... It's an epidemic. It's a pretty common <laughs> need, I would say, across the board yeah. for a lot of people. And there are people who, who do it well. Okay. But, like, I remember... I mean, I've struggled... You remember me when I was... We've no, First of all, just to go back a second, we've known each other... Since what, like third grade? Uh, I want to say you were in my third grade class. I think it was third grade. I remember someone in third grade telling me, 
point to your head and say Mike Travato's initials. Oh god. And that was like <laughs> that was like the in thing. Yeah. So you that... point to your head and be like MT and everyone would laugh that you have an empty head. That explains a lot about my childhood social <laughs> life. Yeah, really that was no, but we we've, we've known each other almost 25 years. That's actually really insane to think about. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and you remember me like I was when I was younger I was heavier. In high school, I was heavier. My senior, year, our senior year in high school, I lost a bunch of weight. But even since then, like I, I lost 50 pounds, I gained 20. I lost 10, I gained 15. It's hard to keep off. Yeah, and at my heaviest, I was 255 pounds. Wow. Senior year of high school, and I finally decided it was like it was around the time when uh, restaurant, like the fast food chains, Subway started posting nutritional information on their website when they post it in the actual place it really does deter me from getting certain things Mm -hmm. and i kind of hate that it deters me from getting those delicious things but you need i also appreciate like i shouldn't be having something that's 2000 calories in one meal no you should and like it's so intoxicating to go in and smell you smell the fresh bread you smell all the ingredients and you're like i want everything so to ha- like sometimes you just need that built-in reminder like oh hey by the way if you eat this it's gonna be fifteen hundred calories don't plan on anything yeah. for the rest of the week. <laughs> so when that all started coming out, I knew I was overweight. I wanted to do something about it. I didn't know where to start. It's like I know that when I go out, I we go to these three or four places, and this is what I order. So I just kind of just to, to experiment. I was like, let me see exactly what I'm eating, and I put in my order like uh, the one that sticks out the, the most was Burger King because we had like fourth period lunch so it was oh, yeah. 10 in the morning they were still serving breakfast so i used to get sausage egg and cheese bagel hash browns and orange juice and often i would also supplement it with an apple pie Obviously. 10 o'clock in, now i had already eaten breakfast at my house this was my second meal of the day when i would go home from school at 2 30 3 o'clock you I would have an actual lunch probably uh if i didn't i would at least snack on something then i would have dinner and so i was eating at least four times a day the meal I was eating at Burger King when we would go there for lunch was about thirteen or 1,400 calories. Wow. And I was like, wow. So at, by 10 o'clock in the morning, assuming that I've eaten a couple hundred calories at my house for breakfast, by 10 o'clock, 10.30 in the morning, I've already consumed 1,700 calories. And I'm going to eat two more meals today, possibly. Yeah. And I was like, well, that makes sense. So I... It's I, all coming together. Yeah. I knew I was eating too much, but not to that extent until I actually broke it down and said, wow, this is what I'm eating. This is too much just from a calorie standpoint. I was never going to be the guy that only ate salad. I wasn't going to, I'm just not that person. I can't do that either. But I was like, I like chicken. So instead of getting a grilled chicken, a fried chicken sandwich, let me get a grilled chicken sandwich. Instead of getting, um, you know, mayonnaise, let me leave the mayonnaise off. I'll still do lettuce, tomato, chicken. And it was a little bit dry. It was a little bit of an adjustment. But I stopped using mayonnaise. I stopped eating so many, fr- so much fried food. I stopped drinking soda. Those That's are the th- huge thing. Those are the three things that I did in February. Wow. February of 2004. I lost 50 pounds between then and prom. I lost 20 pounds in February in the first month alone. Wow! Just by cutting those. those just things. by cutting those three things out. And that's not to say I never wow. ate them, but. For the most part. For the most, yeah. I, I, I stopped eating mayonnaise. I stopped drinking soda, and I switched from fried chicken to grilled chicken. When we would go, like I would also eat less when we would go to pizza places. Instead of getting two slices and the garlic knots and the soda, 
I would get one slice, maybe one garlic knot or no garlic knots and a seltzer or a water or even a nice tea, like, which is not great, but not soda. If it's unsweetened, it's okay. But... Yeah. Typically I would just do water yeah. or seltzer. Also cheaper. Yeah. Um, I'm always big on the free cup of water. Oh yeah. At the beginning, <coughs> I was so hungry. So like in the first two or three weeks, I was so hungry after eating one slice of pizza because I used to eat two plus garlic knots plus. Oh, yeah. And so there was about a two or three week period where I was like, all right, I just ate lunch, but I'm hungry and I don't feel like I fully ate a meal. And I just kind of had to ride it out. After that, by like two months in, we would go to lunch. I would get a slice of pizza. I'd be full on a slice of pizza. And I never would have thought, you never would have looked at me. I was a bi- I've always been a big guy. You never would have looked at me and said like, oh yeah, he got full off of one slice of pizza. You, you, I was the guy that was like, oh, he can eat a whole pie by himself. Still I mean, could. don't get me wrong, I can. <laughs> sure, still could. But, but do I want to at this right. point? Not really. I had to get to a point where I really wanted and was ready to actively take the steps to lose some weight. And, and you have to like retrain yourself. I mean, you're going to be hungry at first, but once you get through and you find some things to fill that yeah. hunger, like I've been having fruit instead of potato chips and dip. Right. Um, like, you know, you substitute things out and make it work. And then after like a month or so you do, after living that lifestyle for a month, yeah, you're good. Yeah. You don't need all that. I've struggled with this for the last 13 years. Like I know how to lose weight when I want to but then I fall into these patterns and it's like whether it's a lifestyle change like I started gaining weight back uh, in college then I lost it again after college and it was it's always been up and down but relationships you, are what make me gain weight usually that's another trigger for people because you want to go out to dinner all the time yep, you want to celebrate little events oh let's get let's get a pizza or, which know, or, is why at this point I use the HelloFresh and the Blue Apron and home chef and we just cook one of those meals together yeah instead of going out to a restaurant and half the time the stuff that i pick out are better than what yeah. i would have ordered at a restaurant anyway oh, yeah. and you're getting the benefit of doing an activity together yeah so we've opted for that instead of um going out to dinner we never go out to dinner anymore so i've actually been able to keep weight off right and actually lost weight so okay. that's good though but like yeah you i'm sure at some point you had the conscious like thought process of well you know when we when we're constantly going out to eat i don't feel like i mean what was it honestly that made you um well i started the department of education offered weight watchers at a fraction of the cost so it's i think they give you like 50 percent off or something so it was seven dollars a month to do it online and oh, i just wow. wanted to lose 10 pounds Okay. Like the year before I, I won the biggest loser competition. Well, I came in second place in the biggest loser competition in my school for the staff members. And I remember I felt so great at the end of that. And I was muscular. I was in shape. And then I stopped tracking what I was eating. Mm-hmm. Um, I was using my fitness pal at the time, which is like free calorie counting. Yeah. And I just, I gained 10 pounds back. So... Once they offered this discounted Weight Watchers, I was like, I know I need to do something long-term. Like, for life, I need to be on something. Yeah. And I know if I do Weight Watchers, I can get a lifetime membership if I reach my goal. Right. And then it's free mm-hmm. as long as you maintain your weight. So that was my plan. Okay. And then I found out you couldn't get lifetime if you're just doing online. So I then signed up for meetings. 
And going to the meetings and hearing all these people talking about their struggles, it's everyone has problems with portion control. Some people eat their emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of things like medications that make you gain weight and things that are out of your control. But for the most part, everyone is struggling with portion control. And that's why I signed up is because I know I'm one of those people and I will eat three portions in one sitting if nobody breaks it up for me and puts the rest away. Yep. So that's really why I joined, but it just keeps me on track. And I know if I went to a restaurant as much as I wanted to, I would never maintain my weight. I just gained it all back. So that's kind of what kept me using these meal kits and and just cooking more and he likes to cook too so yeah it does, mean, it does it, help it does help if you have <laughs> financially it helps as well yeah i mean going out to eat like lately i've fallen to the trap because it's just like i've been whether i'm exhausted and like i'm sure I'm, many many people have the same problem like they're tired from work or whatever it is they didn't sleep well they have this and that going on they don't have the time or don't make the time to cook something at home and the easier alternative is just to go out and grab something oh yeah but the portions that you get at so many restaurants are huge so distorted and like if you were to actually look at the nutrition facts and 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 equate it to you know the the portions that you get at so many restaurants it's crazy like you i mean and, and it's great that restaurants are so generous with the portions they give you but at the same time, the, they're doing a lot of damage. Like, I know a lot of people at my meetings would say, I went out to dinner and I immediately got a takeout box and cut yes. it in half and yep. put it away. But for me, if I do that, hmm. I'm going to sit there thinking about that takeout box. Oh, and I'm going to go I eat do, it the yeah. second I get home. I do that too. I have to. It's, it's a, called second dinner. Yeah. And it's a horrible, horrible habit. When I was younger, my Italian grandparents would praise me for finishing what was on my plate and then going back for seconds because it's a compliment you know it is a compliment in a lot of cultures to eat it's a what competition you're in my house my well, dad would always say well scott there's still four steaks left are you <laughs> gonna eat those and he'd be like oh i guess so like it's just kind of pushed upon you and yeah. they don't realize that it's an issue yeah and so like when you know i was younger like they were like oh he ate everything on his plate that's such a good thing. Oh, and he wants more. He's he's a hungry boy. Like, he's a growing boy, right? So I was just kind of conditioned, like, okay, when I eat all of the food, people seem to be happy. So maybe I should eat all the food yeah. all the time. Yeah. So eating for me now is beyond a physical thing. It's it's a mental and emotional thing, too. Because oh, yeah. anytime, anytime something good happens, oh, let's go out and celebrate. Where do we go? Restaurant. Yep. Oh, I'm not, like, I'm having a really rough day. Hey, Let's go grab a bite to eat. Okay. Yeah. And it's like anything and everything. Up. Yeah. And I know I'm the type of person who has to get that container before, either before the meal comes or when it comes. Because the more, the longer I go waiting for the wait staff to come back, back around halfway I'm through, I'm, I finish it. Yep. And it gets to a point where I'm like, I look at it and it's, well, there's not enough on the plate for me to take home. It's not going to be worth it. I'll just finish it now. And that's not good. But no. I can know that I'm eating too much, but not actually, like there's a disconnect almost. Like it doesn't kick in. It's funny, like sometimes like you're so full and you know you're so full, but you force it down anyway. And it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, at West Palm Beach, my friend owns a restaurant there. And this chef 
sent out so much food to our table of different things for us to try. But I'm not used to eating fried food. I'm not used to eating that much food. So I was full on the first appetizer that got sent out. Right. And then there were like six other things that came out. So the next day I woke up feeling so sick. And like at, at the table, I said, I need this to get taken away because if I, if it's not taken away, I'm going to continue eating it. And yeah. I can't, I can't tell myself to stop eating it. Yes. And I'm already full and I'm already starting to feel sick because I know I overdid it. I'm not used to eating like this. Yeah. And I felt so sick just from having grease in my stomach and the food was delicious. Don't get me wrong. It was incredible, but I'm just not used to eating like that anymore. Like I cook everything for myself. I rarely use oils and butter and fry stuff I never do that anymore so even like just that alone is like a huge thing it's, well, it's gonna make yourself sick it's you... like a it's like a shock to your system yeah. almost. I, I gave an explanation to a, one of my students when I was still teaching about like why you get sick and somebody said well no that's not why you get sick you get sick because of germs and I thought about it and I was like okay yes is it going outside with wet hair something like that well, uh, yeah that doesn't make you sick no, that in itself doesn't make you sick, but it does weaken... It lowers your temperature your, and... Yeah, it does things to your body, it weakens your immune system that make you more susceptible, susceptible. to the germs. So it, indirect, like indirectly, it makes, yeah, it makes you sick, Listen, but it's not the I cause of it. I started wearing a hat this year. This is the first year I've worn a hat outside, and I got the flu twice. So just saying... I think it comes down to you just have to take care of yourself and yeah. like... And honestly, I eat very healthy. I wash my hands all the time. I'm very on top of all that. I work with children, so... That's probably it. I think it's just the kids coughing all over me and I... coming to school when they have the flu because their parents can't take off. I've never had the greatest immune system. I used to get sick several times a year. Yeah. I've not been sick since I stopped working in the schools. Wow. So it's it's been... And obviously, like, knock on I'm going to get sick tomorrow now probably, that I said it. Yeah. But, like, I think that actually... Can I, can I just... Can I just address that for a second? Yeah. If you were in fifth grade, do you remember anybody in fifth grade openly picking their nose and eating it in class? Or just openly picking their nose in class? No names mentioned, but do you remember people doing that? I feel like I do. Really? I feel like I, not it many was people. such an embarrassing thing growing up. And, like, it was really frowned upon. Like, oh, yeah. did you hear blah, blah, blah picks their nose? Oh, my God. Ew, gross. I... But now it's, like, socially acceptable in school. Like, these kids have no shame, and they just openly pick their nose to the point where I'm like, get out of my classroom and go wash your hands. That's disgusting. Now that you mention it, one of the most shameful things you could do back then. Yeah. Truth or dare. Kids. I dare you to pick your nose. Ew, I'm not doing that. Regardless of whether or not, even if, even if every, even if there was no shame in it, from a health standpoint, from a hygiene standpoint, I don't think hygiene is emphasized enough in school. Well, like in my school, so I teach fifth grade, um, and I've taught fourth grade before. And in fourth grade, they have a hygiene day um, to teach them about using deodorant, brushing their teeth. Um, they were allowed to ask any questions about any changes that they see going on and. And then in fifth grade, we do a whole unit. It's part of our science curriculum. So we actually just started talking with the students about, um, you know, taking care of your hair and your nails and cleaning under your nails because germs get all trapped underneath there. And if you're putting your hands in your mouth, deodorant's the big 
big chat though. Yeah. Every single day for homework, I put go home and take a shower. And I've had parents say, I really like the homework you give my kid. I'm like, math and ELA? They're like, no, the showering part. Like, they need to have someone tell them that. You know what's interesting about that, though, is that why is that not part of parenting? How is that? You know what, though? I don't. My brother and I just had this conversation where, like, we were the younger two out of four siblings. And we feel like we kind of got just overlooked because... You know, my parents have been taking care of us for so long, the other two for so long, and it was just kind of assumed that we'd fall in their footsteps. Right. But I don't know. Maybe I was that smelly kid at one point. I don't know. But my brother said, he's like, I know in fifth grade, I remember my teacher coming in and saying, wow, you guys really stink. It was like after phys ed Mm. or after recess or something. And she said, you guys all need to start wearing deodorant. You need to shower every day you guys really are starting to smell funky. And he told me, he's like, I'm pretty sure as an adult looking back, that was directed at me. Mm. He never assumed that it was about him, so he he wouldn't go home and shower. He always thought it was the other kids. And I think I kind of fell into that same mentality where like, I didn't think it was ever me. I always thought it was other people. Like, I think a lot of kids do that. 